He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now, about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 83 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. Barry here tonight, joined by Will. Hey Will, how's it going? Hi Barry. Still no James, but he is uh, somewhere over the Atlantic at the moment on a flight back to Europe from his odyssey down in South America. So he's on his way back? He is, yeah. He, and he's landing tomorrow um, uh, via Paris and back here. So um, he's not wasting much time in getting the golf back. Uh, he's playing Saturday and Sunday. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I think he's got a lot to make up on. He's a lot of catching up to do with me. He does indeed, yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> it's me time. Yeah, exactly. Come on, so tell everybody how your golf went this week. Uh, well, I only, I only, I only played last Thursday actually. Um, it being today Wednesday, and I was uh, very happy to come off the course and now a new low handicap of six point nine, all time low, all time low. Excellent. My all time low before that was like I said it to you on one of the last podcasts. Remember we were talking about targets and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That my target was seven point seven because that was my lowest from a few years ago. Crushed. And I got down to seven point four, and then I went back to seven point five, and now we're back down to six point nine. Oh, sorry, I did play on Sunday as well, but and I got point one back. Okay. Yeah, so that brought me back to seven point zero, but my all-time low now is six point nine. So. Fantastic. And still, like the weather's pretty good. We're having a little bit of an Indian summer here in Ireland. The last week and a half, it's been you know daytime gets nice and warm. You nice know, 15, warm. 18, 19 degrees. Sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty you know it's better than our summertime. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly yeah for sure. So we might get we might sneak out another few more weeks of qualifying golf. Yeah, if uh, all going well. Oh well, I'd say we would like we at least have another. Um, what we we at least have another three weeks. Yeah, we should Saturdays, have yeah. anyway, whatever about midweeks and stuff like that. Um, I know myself, I'm going to be trying to play in a couple of Thursday competitions out in the club, which are also still qualifying at the moment, which means I might be able to double up and make get about maybe six or seven or eight yeah, maybe great. competitions before the end of the year. So either I'll finish on 7.8 or I'll finish on something like 5.4. The real goal... There's no middle ground here. It's, it's well, your, no, your like, my variance. Well, no, I'm saying that's that's the the the, the good or the bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like, I'd love now to be able to get down to, let's say, 6.4, which I think is achievable. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's let's say, going out tomorrow, maybe having 39 points. Are you, are you, you're not down to point ones yet, you're still on point twos on your point cut. twos until so I get you to just six, need to, I think. Yeah, so you just need to, three, three shots, three yeah, shots. Yeah, 39 points, yeah. and then I'm down to six handicap. I'm gradually losing, you know, I started the season at 10, hmm. so now all of a sudden, like 10, I had a shot on the seventh hole, and Glenn the Downs no longer had that, like ages ago. Um, That's, the, you've the, pretty much lost all the parts, you've lost all the parts. Oh, there's no then. shots on part threes anymore. Yeah, it's, it's a weird anomaly in our place, and yeah. like, you know, the part yeah, threes are all 10, quite high indexes. 12, 13, <gasps> and 14, I yeah. indices on them. And so, they're by no means like walkover part threes. The fourth hole is a nightmare. Yeah, so the fourth hole is, you know, uphill, narrow entrance, pop bunker right, insanely deep bunker left, 
gorse right, gorse right, and grass left, and in the wind, no danger at the back. Like, depending on the wind conditions, I'm just going to open a can here. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not alcohol; it's just a Pellegrino. We're treating ourselves very fancy. Uh, I'm having a beer. I'm having a Beaver Town Neck Oil Session IPA, oh, which I'll highly recommend for anybody who's listening and likes their IPAs. Pellegrino Limonata. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah the Fortune like it can play anything from. Depending on the wind direction, like if you had a weird northeaster, you can play, like it could be a seven iron off the back sticks, but in the winter, it can literally be a driver off the white tees. The wind is howling some days. I've never done it, but I've seen it happen. I've seen many people take, take driver, and some people, that hole becomes so hard, some people actually play it as a part four, they lay up because it, it might only be, you know, sort of 175, 180 to the front. Well, I've, I know, I, I was playing with, and this is just to go out to everyone out there. I've played it recently with the five handicapper who walking off the green was disappointed that he had a bogey on it, but he wasn't disappointed with the way he played it because he is now playing it with, with the wind into him as a par four, even, mm. or sorry, as a par three, but more so as a layup and then an up and down. Are you serious? Yeah. Taking the bunkers and all the danger out of play when it's into the wind because it's, when that wind is coming across, let's say, into from the right, it's just a nightmare, especially if you play with the draw. Yeah. Because it, it, it or into from the left either. Any time you're playing that ball. with the draw is okay. Yeah. But into from the right with the draw means you're just going to be pushed 20 yards off. You have yeah. to either play it out over the course and play it in. So it was very, very interesting to hear that a five handicapper who has no problem with distance was doing the same, was doing what, you know, you would sometimes assume a 20 handicapper would do simply for the sake of the yeah. fact that they have a shot. Now, he played the hole quite well. He laid it up to about maybe 15, 20 yards in front of the green. Mm-hmm. Hit a lovely chip shot to about six foot and then just missed the putt. But yeah, so yeah, it's going to be a bit disappointed in missing a six footer, but it's not the end of the world. No. I've, I started taking much longer clubs because if you go long, you've avoided the bunkers and at least have a chip shot, a reasonable chip shot from, if you're long in the green, yeah. long over the bunkers is not the end of the world. So look, it's just a really tough hole. You know, the other ones are no pushovers. The first is an opening hole. It really isn't a pushover. So well, I think it's it, interesting the way the all first, part threes have high like, end say. The one thing I'll say with the first is that it's it, like it's not a truly difficult hole. The thing that is difficult is if you haven't done any warm-up, you're getting out there yeah. cold. So, for example, if you go, like I, my normal practice now, um, if I'm playing at about 11 o'clock or whatever, would be I'd be down the driving range, hitting about 50 balls, come up to the practice area then, do some chipping, some putting, and just before I go, I go to the net then, just before I go up and start hitting some five, six and seven irons because that they're the clubs that I would potentially be using off the first tee. Um, exactly, yeah, yeah. Depending and then you're standing up on the first tee and it's not as like you're cold, you know, you're no. warm and you can, your swing is good. And they're the times I normally end up like powering it. And that, that happened to me this weekend. Normally I'm very good about my get down there 45 minutes before I tee off. It gives me time to go in, sign in, blah, 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 off to the practice area. I'll do my stretching into the net, hit a whole bunch of balls, so I'm fully warmed up, the eye is in, and then I'll go do a few putts, or vice versa, one way or the other, whichever way I'm feeling on the day, it doesn't seem to make any difference to me either way. Um, I didn't have, I didn't get, I didn't do that this weekend, and the first four holes were made we're, blur. were write-offs, yeah, I mean, I had two points after four holes, so I'm, I'm in trouble then. Yeah. I think I pretty much played to my handicap from then on in, I finished on like 29, 28 or 29 points, which is fine. Um, hit some good shots on the way around but uh, yeah looking forward to double golf this weekend Saturday, Sunday rugby weekend uh, it's great hey rugby not golf like, you yeah. know like you come off the course and you go straight home and you tuck yourself in under a blanket blankie I like to call them and uh, just chill out and uh, 
have a can of coke and just watch the match yeah I think I'm doing a little bit more uh, aggressive attack of match watching this weekend going to go for a bit of Oktoberfest rugby combination I don't think the Germans play much rugby well they serve beer <laughs> I like ah. beer <laughs> so Do you know the only thing I that's what's happening the, the only thing I dislike about Oktoberfest and this is something that really annoying me because I love the idea of it yeah. they used to like I used to work down in Spencer Dock which is just a kind of near the financial services centre within Ireland in Dublin City and they have this Oktoberfest down around the the docks there yeah and I always used to walk home from work and see this and go this is great and you know there'd be lots of people around and the whole lot but the only thing that annoyed me was the only beer they sold was Pulliner or Pulander yeah Pulander which I'm sure is lovely by the way don't get me wrong but for someone who drinks cider and pretty much only Bulmer cider that, that's not going to work it's not going to work no. so I actually just avoid it like the plague okay. now I'm not doing much drinking anyway at the moment because I'm concentrating on my golf that's very serious. Why aren't you down to scratch by now? Hey, <laughs> Where you have a shout out to give to a new listener. Actually, oh, the show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I happened to bump into this guy uh, just at the Dart Station today, um, uh, Brian Shano, um, who is a new listener. I bumped into him a few weeks ago and he said, I actually listened to it. And do you know what? He said, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Did his voice got that high? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he was, he was Thanks saying, for your doubt, Shano. I hope we've converted you. Yeah, yeah. So I told him I'd give him a shout out. And a shout out to himself and Emer who just had a, their new baby there a few weeks ago. So congratulations to them and commiserations, Shano, on not being able to buy that new driver that you were talking about. Um, but you got to put things in perspective here now. You know, new driver, new baby. You know, I go with the new driver all the time. <laughs> That'll be my new baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah there's some really good numbers actually. The last six, seven weeks, everybody's loving the golf. And uh, seemingly liking us as well, which is a surprise. Yeah, you ish of yeah, sorts. Yeah, some of the numbers are ridiculous. Yeah. I think I'm really having a big effect on this. That's this it. Show. Yeah, everyone's hanging on. Loving the fact that James isn't here. That could be it. Actually, yeah, we'll have to do a test. We'll have to do a poll. Yeah. So if you don't, if if you want James out, uh, <laughs> no, maybe we should stop here now. No, dangerous. Uh, now, did we speak about your great round of golf was that last week yeah it was we, we did gave you your plaudits last week ah we did we talked about it sure okay. look those you know it, it's one round it needs to go replicate it you know yeah but at least you, you know you can do it exactly yeah and uh, we got a, we got a, we got a reply back from Anto in Australia did you yeah that? yeah loved it yeah yeah he was loving just the, the right amount of Jason Day just the right amount and he also agreed with me that's why I brought it up <laughs> about the Stalheim Cup thanks Anto uh, right, okay, moving on to a little bit of news. This this is a kind of a big hit for us because we kind of grew up with watching the Open on the BBC and you know all the Ken Brown and the Peter Alice. That was brilliant. The voices and Give the Nike and the voice and you know, yeah, exactly. And really, really inappropriate comments that would have you laughing <laughs> really at that. But he gets away with it because he's, he's Peter Alice. He's Peter Alice and he's now in his, his, his 80s. So you just, you know, that's what old people can just get away with saying whatever they want, pretty much. <laughs> I think you've earned the right to do yeah, it at that yeah. stage. When you've done so, 40 years on TV, you're entitled to say a few things crazy. Unfortunately, due to whatever financial budgetary reasons, the BBC have decided they had, they had it for one more year next year, but they've decided to forego that option and, Sky Sports will be taking it on board uh, a year earlier than planned. Uh, BBC are still going to hold, you know, have their highlights, their radio commentary, and their online reporting, but the the full live TV cover- coverage is gone. Um, it's a little bit of a sad thing, but at the same time, the last couple of years, because they don't do golf week in week out with like Sky do, and we're so used to a really slick package from Sky, 
that in comparison to the weekly stuff we get from Sky and you see the, the stuff BBC do on the Open or say the Walker Cup, those guys, the cameramen aren't polished to golf because they're doing multiple sports. They're not doing golf all the time like the Sky Sports guys are or the, the, you know, the cameramen, the PGA Tour, the, the feed we get from the PGA Tour. The commentators, you know, they know their golf and all, but they, they're kind of out of practice almost. You know, they're going in a bit cold. So the coverage is a little bit... A little bit messy compared to look we're spoiled now but by sky because they've been doing it for so long and they, they really do a very good job so you know it's what i'm trying to say is like it's great that we're getting sky but it sucks that we're losing bbc because it's kind of a nostalgic kind of for nostalgia reasons you know it's gone now that's what we grew up with <laughs> that's what kind of got us into the game by watching the hours and hours of the open when it was on and oh no i completely agree sad for it to go it was great, you know, Ken on the course was like one of these big things he used to love watching. He'd bring you around the whole golf yeah. course. He'd be throwing golf balls, golf balls left, right and centre. And that was the start of, like, Sky took that up after he started doing it. Yeah. He started throwing golf balls and showing where the ball was going to go and the Radar, guys. Radar's pretty good at that now. No, Radar's good, yeah. but it started with Ken on the course. Yeah, oh, definitely. You yeah. know, and then you've got all the, then all of a sudden it started with all these, like, drones that had drones flying around the course. Yeah. And, um, I actually particularly liked there was a guy who I could have sworn was about 45, 50 years of age uh, the new guy that they got there only recently he does quite a lot of sports now but he's a Scottish accent it's Andrew Cotter is Andrew it? Cotter yeah he's nice he's, he's, good, a, yeah, he's a good voice good to listen to he's a good voice to listen to yeah. and I remember actually uh, the first time I heard it like I thought to myself it has to be about 50 because he had this real old Scottish voice he's not he's only 25 or 26 he is not is he I swear to god no way I was like I was thinking maybe he's mid late 30s like. well okay he does have a, he does he has a mature voice but he he's certainly a mature Scottish voice in the 20s and no, no, that's what he looked like you, yeah, know? Yeah. you could probably search it on on, <laughs> on the Google <laughs> right I'll, I'll go googling while we move on um, yeah, but it's a shame. It's a shame that it's a shame that we're going to lose them. But at the same time, I agree with uh, you know the Sky package is really good. But sometimes it can be frustrating. But I seldom watch golf live. I'll always be a couple of hours behind, and um, I'll always nineteen seventy three is forty two. Andrew Carter is forty two. Fair play to him. He's young looking forty two. Yeah, wow. Um, but anyway, I would always watch it a few hours behind. So. Like for me now, I'd get home if the scalp started at six o'clock and mm-hmm. sky, I wouldn't even think about putting it on the TV until about half nine. Yeah. So as I can fast forward all the way through, because the leaders don't even start until eight. Because you can rip through the ads then. Rip and through all the, the ads. The, the stuff you don't. Like, okay, sometimes it's interesting, but like, yeah. you don't want to be talking, listening to someone who had a 77. Do you know what? I love the sky card. I love getting an insight into the, the pro's mindset, no matter what rounds they had and what they're taught. Like, the, mo- the longer they're at the sky cart and the more they talk through what they were thinking and their shot process, it gives me more of an insight into like, okay, that's how their brain works in that situation. So maybe there's something I can learn from that. That that's what I try to. Oh, that's why I enjoy about that a lot. Each their own. The only thing I enjoy yeah. is like, you know, occasionally you, you might someone might come along. Like it's it's always nice to see the people who had like, uh, sorry, the people who I like listening to would be the people who have never been on it before. They're very enthusiastic because it's the first time. All of yeah. a sudden, they're in the spotlight because yeah. they may they may be like number one hundred twenty five in the rankings, but all of a sudden they're but they've nipped into the top one twenty five of the FedEx Cup, and they're like, "Well done this week! Yeah. You make, yeah, you beat the bubble. You and got in." Like, yeah, this is yeah. great. And then there's, there's, even the commentators are even talking about going. He seems like a real nice guy. Yeah, yeah you know, because yeah. kind of, they've never heard him spoke, speaking before, and also, how could you not? Look, okay, although I dislike saying this, I have to say it. 
How could you not like listening to Henrik Stenson talking when he's on the sky? He's brilliant. And back to you, and, Barry, the, yeah. and back to you over in the studio. <laughs> he's he's just got a wicked they sense don't, of humour. They hate it when they have to interview him. Yeah, because they don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, he's great. I'm a. I, everyone knows. Everyone listens to the show knows. Oh, I'm a oh, yeah, fan yeah. of Stenson. So fan. Stalker. Slash, yeah, yeah. Stalker. <laughs> There's been no proof of the stalking yet. Um, Paul Casey's made an interesting decision. He's looking to play on the PJ Tour next year and basically forego his European Tour card, which means that he loses European Tour status and thus remove his chance of qualifying to play for the Ryder Cup in 2016, which is kind of strange because he's playing pretty awesome this year and... Which, if he kept going on this, you know, this vein of form he's on, he'd surely be a lock to make the Ryder Cup team. So, <laughs> no, but he, he's playing very well. Oh, that's not the. <laughs> oh, right, okay. The <laughs> is what if he doesn't want to play Ryder Cup? Well, that's the thing. See, it seems to me that it's a very career-focused decision, and he's not going to change his whole what he's trying to do for himself as a an individual player for the sake of a biennial event. See, you go back to the old thing. Has Paul Casey ever played Ryder Cup? Yes, he has. Oh, you're calling it now, and then you're going to check it on the Google. Yeah, well, of course I am. Gonna get, gonna get I don't day. think Paul Casey has played Ryder Cup. That's ridiculous. There's no chance. Uh, so what I'm going to say now is the fact that prop bet. Well, I don't like. I don't have any money to bet. Um, he played in the only player right in to yeah, win okay. a foursome match with the hole in one. We're not going to read Saturday. Wikipedia. Everywhere. Yeah, oh, no, that was just. Me. <laughs> I, I'm calling it on myself. No, what I was going to try and say was that like he may have been in a situation like McElroy a few years ago. Three three caps for the Ryder Cup: 2004, 2006, and 2008. So he's won. He's won it twice. So yeah, yeah. So they, the thing about it is like he's yeah. been there, done that. Now on the backside of this, James was sending us stuff. Obviously really excited by all the you know culture down in South America so he's there checking golf news and sending us stuff on WhatsApp. He was he sent me on this thing about Paul Casey and it seems Casey's trying to affect a change within the way the Ryder Cup you know criteria are set for Europe so that somebody can go off and play in the PGA Tour and still qualify for the European team. Um, now whether the European Tour want to do that because it might release some of the hot, the really good talent from their tour and playing in their events to the PGA Tour and then their tour might be weakened as a result of it. It will be weakened, yeah. Well, sorry, yeah, that's very true. It will be. So, uh, it remains to be seen what happens over that, but it seems a smart decision <coughs> for him, personally. For, for a personal smart decision for him as an individual because golf is... Let's, it is an individual sport for 99% of the time for the pros. For us as amateurs, not so much. We play an awful lot of you know, foursomes, four balls, um, and team match plays. So, uh, yeah, look, sure, all the old Western, like, he's playing very well, and he got so close to winning a couple of tournaments this year. I mean, playoff losses, so... But he was even lucky, go back to the match play championship that McElroy won. And remember, they they couldn't finish there himself, and Casey couldn't finish their match. Yeah, they went to like the twenty second extra hole. Yeah. They had to get up in the morning. Casey was sick. Yeah, the extra yeah. hole, and then he had to pretty much he lost it with a bogey or something like that. So you know he's been nipping at the heels of competition wins for the last while. And I think next year, uh, you know, as Butch Harmon would say, yeah, I think next year is going to be a big yeah. Year next year is going to be a big year for Paul Casey for this kid. Yeah, yeah this kid, kid. kid, yeah, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> who is this Paul Casey kid? Who's? Uh, but the other side of that, when you're talking about um, the the European Tour and the Ryder Cup, 
like there are already like a couple of big names who are you know who are there thereabouts. Peterson, you know um, your man Peterson. You know he, I, I always thought he looked like Philip Seymour Hoffman um, when he's playing golf. You know the guy who got penalised in the um, one of the majors. He got a two shot penalty. Um, what's his name? Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. A European. He, he's a European. Plays on the PGA Tour. Blonde, biggish guy, kind of heavyish guy. Oh yeah, Carl Patterson. Yeah. Patterson. Sorry, Excuse me. Yeah. sorry, sorry. That's like Mayonnaise. <laughs> like um, okay, there we go. Yeah, sure. He, well, he, yeah, he. And he, David Lingworth, now. Lingworth, yeah. So there's two, like you know, and like okay, P- Patterson isn't playing so well at the moment. He's there, thereabouts in a few different competitions. But two years ago, or last year, but there were times yeah. the Ryder Cup time he was playing out of his skin. Yeah, he was always in contention, and that bone of contention came up again about they were saying, hey, he's got to sign up for his European tour card, or they're going to have to try and find some like way of creeping him in on the European tour. Yeah, but obviously okay. he didn't want. He may not have been in contention at the time. He maybe didn't think the Ryder Cup was something he wanted to play in. Oh yeah, do you know the, the rules are there? The goalposts are there right now. So if you want to play in the Ryder Cup or give yourself a chance to play in the Ryder Cup, you you, you know you play ball by those rules. No, of and, course. Um, so be it. Look, Paul Casey. Money is in America. Yeah, Paul Casey's made a career. He's thirty eight now, or thirty seven, not on thirty eight. One or the other, and he's made a career decision. He's like, I've got a, probably a few. Let's have a, a last year at the PGA Tour and see how That's we get nice. on. But like you told, there's, there's like he, oh, he can't even get a wild card pick. I don't think, which is so. Anyway, maybe, maybe that would be the first step. They might allow wild card picks to be any player. I think stick, the sticks, as you said, it was a very valid point. I never thought about the fact that if they start to change the rules and, and say the people who play on the PGA Tour can get picked for this, well, then you're realistically just saying that both teams are going to be picked from America. Because you think yeah. the Europeans that are actually on the European Ryder Cup team. Oh, look, they don't. Look, they the lads would all decamp over to the PGA Tour. Live and yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah. in America. Westwood, I know, Westwood's moving back. But Justin Rowe, just, well, I, I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I don't want to pull out names out of the sky here. But, you know, out of a, a lot of them do have residence over in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where the money is. That's where the, And they come over and play on the European Tour. But they do reside. To fulfill the obligation, yeah. So, um, anyway, look, we will see, we shall see what happens. Um Right, onto a bit of tournament action. The LPGA Tour taking a little bit of a break and then they're off to their Asian swing starting um, in Malaysia for the Sign Derby Malaysia Classic on the 8th of October. So um, we'll get stuck into that um, when it comes along in a couple of weeks' time. The Porsche European Open uh, took place at the golf resort Bad Greisbach in Germany. If my German was pronunciation was terrible, excuse me, James will be back next week with much worse pronunciation than that. <laughs> <laughs> The Tong Chai Jai won by one shot from Graham Storm for his seventh European Tour title. Uh, this was a tough one to like to call a winner on because there was no previous high end tour form on it. You know, the, the Challenge Tour had a three had visited three times before, but you always like to see if play, you know players had played the course before, if it had suited their eye, or if they'd gone and shot eighty seventy seven over the two rounds. So um, it was a tricky one to call and. You know, a few big, few of the big names that were there were poking their heads up. Like Keimer popped up at times during the week. Um, I didn't see any of this, so I, I did not. I had either. it all recorded, and I just didn't have time to watch any of it. Yeah, Jamie Donaldson finally finding a little bit of form yeah, again. Yeah, a couple you know, weeks now he's been up around tied fifth. Um, Soren Kelson, he's been playing remarkable golf like the last two three months. Really, really impressive stuff. Um, from the Where little he? Dane, he top was 10. top ten, yeah, tied, oh, tied ninth. So and there's Carl Berg. 
Yeah. Tied fifth. Huge, huge name. <laughs> but getting bigger all the time. No, like he won there, didn't he? He did. Last week or the week before? Yeah. Are you disagreeing with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, he did, I think. Just to pass you up. He did, I'm pretty sure, yeah. You're going to win. Yeah, the Open d'Italia. Sorry, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Long day. I know, my God. You do, yeah. <laughs> I am out of it at the moment. Yeah. Peter Uline finally showing a bit of form. He's kind of been off the boil for most of the season. Yeah, but he's uh, American. Yeah, he's, actually, Joe, but <laughs> you got to correct, like, a few Americans have followed his path over here to come yeah. over here, play the European tour, you know, gain experience playing different types of courses in different conditions and different countries, different cultures, you know. Just, he gets to see the world an awful lot more than he would do if he was over playing the PGA Tour or the Web.com Tour. And, you know, this got his ranking up. His friend Brooks Kepka came over and did similar. And Brooks just has gone nuts and he's he's there killing it on the PGA Tour but this year. if you note the common trail of it is the fact that they've gone back over, majority have gone back over to follow the money. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it was... it was. You, know, a, you play in a competition like this, it's 250,000. But it was... Compared to one, one million. Yeah, I'm not going to be completely cynical on it. It was almost like, you know, like you got came over here it was it was an alternate route to get there right but it was i think it was a smart route as well because it's almost like serving an apprenticeship you know under a a different style of master you know to to learn different skills and over here in the european tour versus the u.s tour which is quite you know the u.s tour generally tends to be target golf you know hit the ball high landed on receptive enough greens whereas here in the European Tour we have very very different styles of golf courses including multitudes of links courses we've had here this summer over you know on the European Tour and you learn different you learn an awful lot more golfing skills on the European Tour than you would on the US Tour I think uh, that's my thoughts on it. that's my two cents on the matter I agree with you I'm just not you know I'm not but we, we can't the European Tour can't hold on to those players from the big monies out over in Europe in America. But see, it's, it's like, it's, it's, what I believe is the fact that it's not only like the big winning purse, it's the actual overall purse. So it's like, you make the cut over in America, you're guaranteed 50 grand. You make the cut over here, you're guaranteed two grand. Two or three, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, Which I, will just about break even for you for your travel costs for the week if you're, if you're penny pinching. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So like, now don't get me wrong, to, to come out with two to three grand a week, you know, in any profession, a week, yeah, yeah, isn't bad. It's you not know, bad, but when you throw in flights, hotels, food, you're also talking, it's 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 a lottery sometimes as well. We all know golf. We all know how how you know you can go out one week and play amazing, you can go out the next week and play shite. Mm-hmm. Pardon my um, Gaelic. That's actually Gaelic. Gaelga. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's it's you know it's hit and miss all the time. Yeah, so fair play to Tong Chai. He, I love Tong Chai. He's great, isn't he? He's Brilliant. just such a cool customer. When he gets when he gets on a hot streak, he really can just. Here's an interesting. Here's an interesting one. You, uh-huh. may not, you may be able to tell me the. You're like or Google this very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tong Chai JD only turned professional at the age of forty two years of age. He really. Is the Google working? Is he? Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> How does the guy actually get into the computer? <laughs> exactly, like, the files are in the computer. <laughs> Born 1969. So he's only 45. No, it must have been 35 or something like that. Turn professional, 1999. So, no, that's, yeah. 
He, that was 16 years ago, so he was 29 when he turned pro. Yeah, so someone had said he was 30, you know, like, yeah. which was quite late. For, That's very late to yeah, turn yeah. pro, yeah. I'm not really getting my facts right today, am I? It's okay. I've the guy in the computer is doing everything. He is, yeah, right. he's little monkeys. Anyway, uh, he's a great, I saw him playing down in the, uh, up in the Irish Open when I went up to, uh, to, um, the, where was it played? <laughs> Oh, here, listen. Right, let's move on. The oh. European Tour qualifying first stage uh, has been taking place now over the last uh, <laughs> the last week or two. There are four events completed, four more to go, then on to the second stage at the beginning of November, and then final qualifying stage at PGA Catalonia on the 14th of November. Um, Paul, the Irish, Dunn. Paul Dunn, yeah, and few, there's, there's a Hume. whole bunch of them as well. Hume? From Nice? Yeah, Moynihan there as well. I don't think, no, the it was only, there's only two got through two the Irish there's still four more events to go now yeah, so yeah, a few but, more of the boys oh, they will be, yeah, but the lads have got through yeah, yeah, Jack Hume and um, Paul Dunn Paul Dunn teeing it up through. this week up in Scotland at and the Alfred Dunn, Dunn, Dunn yeah, Links yeah, yeah, yeah he got an invite and he got one to Portugal and he got one to the British Masters as well which is really it's big like invite a lot of massive things he's getting invited to yeah. on the back of the the Open yeah fair and well deserved you know so yeah. hopefully he has another good week now uh, good memories from his uh, his time up at the Open Championship this summer where he led first amateur since Bobby Jones so you know yeah. that's, how, that's how unique a thing it was the web.com tour playoffs are heading in they had their third of four four events there last week at the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship which was won by Andrew Loop um, if anyone he saw he was playing on the PGA Tour a little bit now over the last year and a bit and he's got a very rounded baseball swing really a little bit slow now um, in his pre-shot you know massive amounts of practice like Bradley kind of slow yeah he's got his own idiosyncrasies chicken dance yeah yeah exactly but he was he do, he do a huge amount of practice things anyway listen more than one way to skin a cat so I mean he's not getting nobody gets time penalties these days so um, yeah no fair play to him he got a win and the congratulations Andrew uh, Lupe 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 yeah, yeah there we go there's an accent on the <laughs> The, but anyway, the the big one of the week obviously was the Tour Championship at Eastlake Golf Club in Georgia. And what was uh, going on there? The a uh, bu- bunch of multi-millionaires were playing for even more millions. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which millionaire won out? Hu- the huge purses available at this. Everybody was guaranteed. I think the minimum you were guaranteed this week just for teeing it up was a. You didn't even have to tee it up to make money this week. No, he didn't. The 30th place was getting into like 180,000 just for playing golf. Jim Curry didn't play. He got paid And who else were through? Well, Louis Stazen pulled out with yeah. the hamstring. It was a hammy, was it? That went on him. Oh, poor Louis, it's such a shame. If he could get a great golf. If he could get a run of good health like Jason Day has had this year, I'd, lo- yeah, I'd love to see that happen and see what he could achieve. You know? Hang on a second. I was going to say, a run of health like Jason Day had. Considering but the compared, poor guy collapsed at the U.S. Open with where to go, but like, like there was concerns of his life being compared to, over. Uh, that's so over dramatized. Oh, he, he was actually nearly. They said he was nearly dead. He collapsed like he fainted. He had an inner ear problem. I'm just saying. What I mean is, the funny thing is, if he had a, a good health, Jason Daly, the first person to die from an inner course. ear problem, like, would you go way out of that? John Daly died on the golf course this year. He did. And yeah, he yeah that's came back prob- out playing that's golf probably the next day. dramatic. Like, yeah, uh, Jason Day faint. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I was very disappointed this weekend with the golf. To be honest, in the Tour Championship, were you? Why? Um, I just thought there was a lot of. Uh, there was, like it was just, I found it very difficult to watch it. Like I watched it all, 
fair play, by the way, first and foremost to Jordan Speed and winning it. Um, you know, I I just find it amusing, and I've always said this from listening, the fact that, you know, a couple of months ago, it was this Jordan Speed era. You know, yeah. then it all of a sudden turned into the, the the Jason Day era. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's back to Jordan Speed, you know, the best player in the world by far, like, you know, and you're just going to go, come on, give us a freaking break, you know, the kind of way. Like, congratulations to Jordan Speed. He is a fantastic... Once he got that putter going again, he was just nailing putts left, right, and center. He was, like... Oh, the final... Like, okay, sorry. What I found annoying about the golf, because I'm obviously talking about the good stuff now, <laughs> yeah. but, like, the middle couple of days were horrible with the weather. Oh, they were, yeah. You know, it was horrible. Like, you know, even Radar... Fresh. Radar was out there, and he was showing, I think, one of the, the fairways at one stage, and he was showing us the kind of the, the semi-rough. And he was kind of putting his foot down and it was splashy. Yeah. All of a sudden he moved into the fairway and he said, wait till you see this. And it was like, um, a, a, what's, what are those things? Um, a water mattress. Oh, was it? Did you see it? No? No. No, it was actually like the, the ground was up. No on the way. fairway. Like it was actually like a, like there was water underneath the fairway. Wow. It was up like a little, you know, like one of those water mattresses you see on, I've never seen, I've never been on one. But you know, you know, you see them on TV sometimes, like, you know, and it was just like that on the fairway. And he said, if it rains, if it rains for another hour, he said, this is going to be called off. Yeah, it was, there were, you could see when the lads were playing out of the rough, there were, they were really just hitting down the ball and the club was tearing away just sods of turf. Yeah. Turf. And they, they was on the edge, but they got it through. Um, speed was ridiculous. He, like, like I said, he got that putter going. He led the field in strokes game putting and scrambling for the week. So that's, that's really hard to keep, keep touch with. He was first in putts made, um, by distance and was 61 out of 66 in putts from 10 feet and in. Uh, I, I watched, I watched a lot of this, obviously. Um, and comes as no surprise, I had a bet on Stenson. Only on the win only, be, on the win only markers because he was quite short and I wasn't really, uh, I, I thought he was going to do it. He was rounding into form. I loved him talking about, you know, it's not like it's going to be a hard tournament to win, like coming up against, Jay, you know, in a, in a roundabout way, we're, you know, talking about Jason Day and Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth as, you know, being his competition. And was like, oh, can't be, you know, you know the way Stenson delivers these things. So I was like, oh, he's got a sense of humor this week. He's playing well. I was like, he's going to do it. And for a long time, it looked like he would, but Jordan was just unbelievable. Like every time Stenson had a chance to catch him, like particularly it was that par three where Speed had a pull. Six foot. Was the six, yeah, to come up over the hill. 40 foot. Stenson was stuffed into like two and a half, three foot. And Speed looks, I mean, that's one Stenson thinking, do you know what? There's probably like a five, six percent chance he could three put from there. No, he goes in and knocks it over the birdie. It was just dagger after dagger. And then Stenson. nine hole. Yeah. Remember Jordan Speed played it like an absolute muppet. Mm-hmm. Or, Translate that to an English that people might understand. He played the whole like us, uh-huh. right? So he was on, on a bad day, day. yeah, on, on a good day, yeah, with raging heads, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he like literally was about fifteen foot away, mm-hmm. the birdie. Of course, coming out of the rough, Stenson stuffed it into a tap, yeah, and you know, speed holds, holds the foot. Yeah, it was, um, and it all it all culminated then, you know, in Stenson was just getting more and more frustrated because no matter what he did, it didn't seem to work that day. And that was quite the case for Saturday as well. He didn't play that well on Saturday. I think he was just getting frustrated. Things weren't going as easy for him as they were had been on the Thursday and Friday. And he ended up with a shank on seventeen. Like I think the nerves got the better from there. The nerves for what though? Like I think he was just. I think there's. 
he was seeing red at that stage. He was like, this is just, it's all gone against me. It's driving me nuts. And he just lost the focus. I'm going to say he choked. <laughs> For what though? He had nothing to, like, he wasn't, he probably needed to hold that shot to have any chance. And do you not think that these golfers think that they can do that? They're professional oh, yeah, golfers. Yeah. He was completely 100% tuned in there. He was talking to his caddy like he was going to hold it. The commentators were turning around saying, he is dialed in here. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he shanks it. I, I don't know. He wasn't, he just wasn't, yeah. I'm I, not trying to insult your, your boyfriend. No, I'm, I'm, I just, no. I don't think he choked. I think it was just the frustration of everything he tried all day. Maybe impacted, maybe he did choke. I, I don't think he would say he choked. If he, I'd love to ask him if he thought he choked. Be interesting to get his take on it. Well, whatever way, like the fact of the matter is, we've all done, we've all shanked before. Oh yeah. And the, you know, nine times, to- like nine times a ten when you shank a ball is because you're not concentrating. Yeah. So it means you're doing something outside of your, con- outside of your comfort zone. Your body is not talking to your head, or your head is not talking to your body. Mm-hmm. So your shoulders and your feet are going different directions, and you generally can't do anything with the club. You know, now there are times then on occasion where you actually stand up thinking you're doing everything right and you just choke. And then it was important there because the pressure was getting to him. Now, listen, mm. Henrik, if you're listening, by the way, <laughs> you're a fantastic golfer. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, I love watching you play golf. I think it's a, a real pleasure to see someone taking out a three wood, you know, nearly all the time and bashing it down past people hitting driver. Mm. I think that's just phenomenal. Um, but, you know, I just think in this particular scenario, I think there is a possibility that you choked on 17. My, my thoughts on it are that, you know, say you're playing match play and your opponents, no matter what you do, is just stitching shots that they shouldn't be stitching. They're making putts they shouldn't be making. They're getting up and down from ridiculous situations. Just they're having one of those days where it's all going for them and you feel like the world's against you and you're starting it's, you know, the, the lava is bubbling a little bit inside you. You're getting a little bit more frustrated. You're getting a little bit more annoyed. You'll hit a good shot. And like, right, I have a chance to get them here. Bang. They hit another hammer blow at you. And it's just constant. And it just seemed like that all day long. No matter what he did, Jordan Speed was just like punching him in the nose again and knocking him down or sticking a dagger in his ribs. It just, it seemed to me that it got to him in the end. And the thing that shocked me the most, and I was a little bit kind of disappointed I didn't see it, extends in the club snap and like a trademark stance and club snap over the knee where he just destroys the thing and um, I was sure that was coming after the shank I was I would have put money on it and it didn't happen but it's probably well, like, I'm, not, I'm not doing well in my golf bets at the moment so it's a good thing I'm not yeah. betting on but it but on the other side of that like you know you're talking about these guys who are professionals right this is not like it's it's a sport like you always hear them talking about it they always you know Ricky Fowler all these guys that turn around and go like I get an opportunity to play what I love every day and I get paid for it. And granted, they are on the higher echelon of people who are very lucky in the fact that the talent that they were given mm. and the work and dedication they put in to get themselves to where they are. They have to believe that the process will work. So, like, Henrik Stenson is not, like, ranked 150 in the world playing against Jordan Spieth, number one in the world. Jordan Spieth is number four in the world. Or five, or whatever he is. Like you know, He's number one now. Sorry, Henrik Stenson. Yeah. Oh, he's look, he's no Aegis, but he's human. But I mean, like, he has he's human as well, and that frustration can build up. But like, he has been that guy in the Ryder Cup. He's played in the Ryder Cup where he's been three down with four holes to play, and he mm. has won those matches when things have been going against him. You just have to stick to a process. Yeah. I think what happened in that particular last day was yes, the pressure built up, but 
he had to stick to the process. Yeah, look, it's 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 a it's a bad error when he did have a, a chance, as minute as it was, to to hold that shot and, and apply some pressure. Um, I just think it was just hole after hole after hole of building up, and I think at that stage, he, even though he wanted to hold the shot, maybe in. You're thinking in reality, yeah, more than likely, my chance is gone at this stage. It's just well, a lot of frustration builds up. You think about the fact that he, he, you know, as you were saying to me beforehand, like it was a put that cost Jason Day a million dollars. But the one on 18, yeah, yeah the pressure's off all of a sudden. 50 footer. Yeah. Now, if he had knocked in the birdie on 17 and got that put on 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit more. I know, it's true, it's true. Um, then all of a sudden that put back for par for speed. Where he just nonchalantly rolled it into the hole. Mm-hmm. That would have been a put for a playoff. Yeah, yeah. There's a ifs and buts, the butterfly flapping swings and all. Anyway, um, it was it was a really good performance by Jordan. Um, there oh, was, phenomenal! There was, a, there was a funny video, the you know the Jordan Speed talking to his ball video. And if you actually look at it, you'd swear the guy shot about eighty five that day. You know, he's like, "Oh, Jordan, just make just make the green," and he's like, "The ball's landing half of the green, maybe twenty five foot from the hole." And you're going, "Oh, here, listen." Mate, if you're going to talk to your ball, you know... So are you getting annoyed? Make, are you getting annoyed with the Oh, mess? I am getting annoyed. Uh, well, I spoke about this last week or the week before. You know, you, and you, and made, you sent me a WhatsApp message. No, you're good, you're good. No, no, it was... Like, you yeah. must be getting annoyed. <laughs> it, is, it is a little bit... He's like, you know, just go a little. And you're like, what the hell? You, you're 25 foot from the pin, middle of the green, and you're talking about just make the green? And, like, and that's, you know, 20, you're 20 yards from the front of the green, like... Do you really understand what a miss hit is, you know, or can you feel a miss hit at all, or you know things like, oh my god, that's so long, oh my god, that's so long. He's maybe gone ten foot past pin high, you know, and the pin's on at the back of the green, so he's totally okay. It's get, it's getting a little bit. He's talking to it unne- not unnecessarily, but un- unrealistically for what the shots actually do. It's just, it's a little overstretched. You're like, oh man, come on, you know. I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely it was funny at the it was funny at the start. I said that from the I said it was always funny at the start because yeah. of the fact that it like it, he was new on the scene. You know, the kind of way, like yeah. he'd been around. I actually you know didn't even realize that he played in the President's Cup a couple of years ago until I was watching a little kind of you know those mini programs on Sky. Yeah, yeah. The and one I, the one I shows Jim Nance voicing it over, which are actually kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but the fact is that he only really came on scene in the last year, and like at the beginning, it was quite amusing. You know, it was like because oh my nobody God, else did it. But this guy is now talking to his guy, and he's going, "Oh, just go, like, go a yard, just go one yard." The next thing, it's right beside the hole. Yeah, and you're kind of going, "Oh my God, that's the difference between a yard." Like you know, they know this guy knows. You know, and he was playing so good, and he, you know that he was so close on every shot. Then of course he goes through the slump, and what you're actually hoping, and I'm not afraid to admit this on you know um, on the on the podcast or whatever. Is that when he goes, oh, Jordan, you hit such a bad shot, you really want it to be really freaking bad. I do, I do. Of course I you want do. the call to be a, a, proper, a proper call. call. Like, not these like, oh, God, that's the worst shot ever. Bang, 10 foot. 10 ah, foot. Here. And then, of course, you know, the best putter in the world stands up and puts the ball into the hole for a freaking eagle or something like that. You yeah. Know, you Oh, I hate you. Listen, the best ball talk. Be somebody. The best ball talk of the year was Chess on Hadley though, with his be somebody when he be somebody. stuffed the approach the in at the eleventh. The, the, the Valero Texas Texas Open, yeah, out of the fairway bunker from yeah. one hundred thirty-two yards. <laughs> and just I have it up on Google here. Obviously, I don't remember it. Guy in the detail, computer. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The file the file searcher in my laptop is working very fast and uh, hard to like. Anyway, that, like you said, that put from Stenson cost Jason Day a million dollars in bonus prize money in the FedEx prize pool. It snuck Stenson into second in the FedEx Cup standings. But on the other side of that, there was the, you know, they were um, talking to players prior to the Tour Championship. Okay? Yeah. 
and they were talking, you know, it was the Sky Ding, and they were asking, what would you do with the $10 million bonus? Did you hear Rory McIlroy? I comments? did. Now, I love Rory McIlroy. Bit same, probably the same way that you love Henry uh-huh. Stenson. Maybe I think I love McIlroy a little bit more. But um, he did now happen to turn around and say that, oh, just it would just go into my bank account. Wouldn't think anything of it. If I want to buy myself something nice, I just buy myself something nice. He said, it's not about the money for me, it's about the winning. Mm. Now, but I think what he said, he said, look, luckily for me, 10 million isn't that, wouldn't have that huge, big of an effect on me. I, I, like, I, I'm not against him on this at all. I think that he was just trying to say, look, it's not, the money is not a huge factor for me. And he's lucky that it's not. You know, he's in a fortunate, very privileged position where that's not going to make, that's not going to be a life changing sum for him. What he, I think, rather than him focusing on the money, what he was actually trying to get, the point he was really trying to get to was that all he really wants to focus on is actually winning the tournament. And that's where the pressure comes from for him, not the $10 million as it might have a huge pressure factor on one of the other guys in the field where 10 million might make a huge difference to them. His pressure, he was trying to, probably trying to get out of his words. His pressure comes from actually trying to win the tournament and beat the other guys, not the money. I take that point, but yeah. I think that in a scenario where, you know, you're talking about, this is a question that's been asked. Now, I know that Roy Mackerel has always been very honest and a lot of people when they're, you know, when they, when they come out of report, you know, interviewing him that he's very, very honest mm-hmm. and straightforward, which we all love because he talks straight. But there's a certain element, I think, like one of the lads that was do, did a document, or not a doc, what's this, uh, like a little kind of a, a document on one of the, straight down the middle on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And a post. Uh, a post. There we go. Yeah, he wrote a document. He wrote, <laughs> he wrote a very strongly worded document. <laughs> but he wrote a document about kind of like, are the lads kind of turning into NFL players? You know, the kind of way that the money is like, you know, getting obscene and whatnot. Is there a certain level of candor, you know, that, you know, can be taken away? Like, for the sake of people living, like, at home, when someone gets asked that question, the, mm. what they want to know is what the pro is going to do. You know, they're kind of like, what would you do with $10 million? They kind of want to hear, you know... Oh, oh go buy a yacht or yeah. something. Or, you know, yeah, kind of like, yeah. Because they don't want to... Like, we, we know that Rory McIlroy is not, doesn't need the money. Yeah. We, you know, we know that the majority of these guys, you know, who are playing in the top 30... The 95% of them, or the 28 out of the 30, don't need the money. You know, a lot of the guys on that particular, you know, they're already giving so much of their money away to charities and to setting up academies for young kids and whatnot, that the money isn't an issue. But it's still nice to know, the question was more along the lines of, what would you spend It was the fun on? angle of it. It was yeah, the fun yeah, angle. Yeah. You know, and you hear other guys going, oh, I'd, you know, I'd buy a Lamborghini or something like that. You know, the kind of way. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's a certain time when you have to turn off from the... The super honesty. Yeah, yeah and just yeah. kind of give them what they want. Now, don't get me wrong, I love McElroy, and what he, like, I think what he does for the sport, for charities, all that kind of stuff is amazing, but I think there's, there are times when you just answer the question you were given. You know, yeah. what it, would you it do? Can't, it can't be easy being on the spot the whole time in those um, press conferences. You know, a recount, you can't always give the perfect answer that everybody's going to be happy with. And at the same time, he's also, you know, he's in there to get his agenda across. He's like, my focus is on tournament. The money's not my focus. And, you know, before sometimes before you know it, the words can come out in a way that you didn't really intend them to, or in a way, in a way that can be, in the way that can be taken as it, as this has been taken that, oh God, that's, that's a bit, 
you know, that's not great by him, you know, to just kind of write off the $10 million or it's, it's just, it's or like, treat it as, you know, it's not a big deal. But the, the thing about it is, as you said, he has worked particularly very hard from a young age to get to where he is. And he's yeah. been very fortunate as far as deals have been done for him and money is no longer an object at no. this moment. Yeah. He probably should have said, like, I want to buy a big bouncy castle with diamonds and, said and, and a disco ball or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, or I'm going to buy myself a new set of clubs and everyone would have laughed. <laughs> yeah. you know, something along those Perfect lines. Answer, you know, yeah. that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. get myself the new Nikes. Or oh. or he could have turned around and said, there's a lovely set of Titleists that I want to get my hands on. That would have been funny. Oh, God, yeah. I'd, you say, know I'd say his SPR guys would have been going into meltdown if he'd said yeah, that. Yeah, but his PR guys should be going into meltdown about the fact that he's going so yeah. serious. You know, they're yeah, yeah. um, I'm going to give him a free pass on this one. It's one. Hey, I've given him a free know. pass. I just thought it would be yeah. something interesting to talk about and maybe people want to throw their opinion into that. You know, they're kind of yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, maybe, maybe he'll tell us what he buys if he, if, Sorry, he, if and when he ever does win the FedEx Cup. By the way, yeah, if and when he ever wins. Yeah. By the way, Rory, if you're listening, apologies. <laughs> will still loves you. Yeah. And he still will stay 50 yards or more from you in public places. Well, only for the next six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. order runs out. Okay. Uh, okay. So the PJ Tour season has come to an end, but fear not, people, it's back in two weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The season opener is at fries.com on October the 15th, and of course we'll preview that um, the week before. The this is I love this tournament in the European Tour. I really do. I mean, it's more Lynx golf, but at the same time, it's the Pro-Am as well, and it's great. You have three different Lynx courses. It is the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championships from, look it is, it is from the old course of St. Andrews because two rounds of this four are played on the old course, um, in St. Andrews. The other two rounds are Kings Barnes and Carnoustie. So the pros will play one round in each of the three on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, rotating, and then I think it's the top 50 or 60 pros go through to the final day in St. Andrews, and then the top 20 Pro and amateur combinations play as well, so it's a big day of golf. Like there's a lot of lot of players out of the course. It, is this now? Pardon my ignorance, and you'll obviously be able to tell me hopefully within one breath. This is where some people, like for example, McIlroy played with his dad last year. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so Paul Dunn, when he's playing, is he playing as an amateur or as a, or as a professional? Oh, he's a professional now. He's, a, he's turned professional. He's now. turned pro. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so he'll be playing with an amateur. That's true, isn't it? He has, he has turned pro. Well, he rescinded his amateur, and he like so. He's, well, then he's, he's definitely he's pro. Gone, he's rescinded his amateur, and he's definitely he's gone pro. to Q school. Yeah, so yeah. So therefore, he yeah, has yeah. to be a pro. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know that he was invited as an amateur to play. Oh yeah, to play. Yeah, no, no, play he's as, playing. He's playing. Okay. He's there. No, sorry, he is because one of my fantasy golf teams. I picked him as one of the sleepers this week. Oh um, right, okay. Yeah, he's you know two hundred fifty to one, which is crazy odds for somebody who's shown that he can play the old course really, really well. well and exactly Lynx the golf. last eighteen Yeah, okay, but. Listening. Sorry, that's a bit tough. Isn't yeah, it? That's, I'm that's, really slating that's, people that's today. That's a low blow. Like. Paul, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. Um, but I've like the funny thing is I've actually been over to St Andrews. I was very fortunate a couple of years ago to go over with a uh, friend of mine, and uh, she brought me over to St Andrews, and we got to play the old. So I haven't played Kingsbarn, which is a shame. No. Um, we got to play the old course, the new course, uh, the Jubilee. And the, there's another one just outside the town. That's so good. The is it the castle course. The castle. The castle course is amazing. I thought that was course. the best out of them all. Like, oh, you know, but it, it's it's not a links. Like it's a kind of a heathland. Oh, it's a course up on the hilltops. What a golf course! Some of the tee shots had to hit were phenomenal. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, the, kind of way. They really and some of the greens are just 
they're like crazy off greens, but it's but that's it. If anyone's it over, if like, anyone's over there, for oh, the, the castle is beautiful. Get out there. Get out. It's a little bit outside the town, maybe a fifteen minute drive. But yeah. What a course. Yeah, you'd just be able to hop in a taxi and just get out. They've actually considered there. adding that the castle into the this into the Dunhill. Yeah. To keep everything a bit more close. By. I think. I think the only thing about the the about the castle is the actually the, being able to watch it. The, the from a crowd point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know the front, there's the first, the first few holes are quite open, but then you get into the back and it's kind of like in on the kind of. Yeah, actually, yeah, good point. Yeah, and in between the holes, it's like it's there wouldn't be much crazy yeah, yeah, walkways okay. and stuff like that. Mm. That'd be my thought process. You know, that's the only problem I would have be with great it. Great to see the pros play on that. Though. Oh, it's fantastic, but maybe it's just not long enough. I tell you, when the wind is, I don't know. I see the wind. When the wind is like. Yeah. Anyway, look, I lo- this but is King's Barn is supposed to be fantastic, and I've never played it. Yeah, and then Carnasty. Um, Carnasty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually pronounced Carnasty. That it was is Car- Carnasty. Funny. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, a lot of people call it, and that tops out at yeah, seven thousand four hundred yards. Part they're all par seventy twos, obviously. And um, that's that is a beast of a course, and that's the one you want on a calm day, and you make your scores around King's Barns and and the old courses in Andrews, and if you can. Usually, if you can sneak one or two under par, Carnoustie, you're very happy in this tournament. Yeah. If you have a really good day, you can get you know four, five, six under, and you know survive the last couple of holes there as well. You know, if you can just get in with a couple of pars, you're you're, you're absolutely laughing. That's no, a great little competition. Like it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, you know, it's great. There's a, there's an element, a big element of fun involved, um, and like there's also a case of playing. You know, it could be you know father son or you know that kind of way there's there's certain other sides to it yeah now obviously people want to win it it is a big competition to win um as a professional but there are there is another side to it which i think is nice mm-hmm. as well and they're gonna have some good weather there as well for the event um sunshine clouds you know no no rain really there uh over the next you know four or five days so it'd be great bit of bit of late autumn golf late, old, late autumn links golf so uh, bring it on this is brilliant at the moment because like between the rugby world cup and the few game, things of golf on the TV it's just you know yeah. what else are you supposed to do like, I don't know how do you find time to go out and play golf oh, there's always time to play golf yeah that's, that's true why, thankfully we have DVRs <laughs> yeah yeah I was, I was already Saturday and Sunday myself so and uh, look finally the web.com tour championship is on that's at TPC Sawgrass and Dyes Valley uh, Pontevedra Beach Florida and the goal this week for the guys is to be in the top 25 of the money list at the end of the tournament to get yourself a tour card for next year and nice little bonus here the finals money leader at the end of the week will earn fully exempt status in the PGA Tour next year and a spot in the PG P, uh, the 2016 Players Championship I can't even read anymore I'm that tired uh, so that's what's happening in the week ahead um, we look forward we're going to have James back next week hopefully his, uh, he's not back in to work too hard and we'll be, able, we'll be able to figure out time for the three of us to get together and have a good old chat so if you guys are watching golf enjoyed if you're getting out in the course hopefully the weather's great you're swinging it sweet make lots of birdies um, Will good luck in your goals to all new handicap lows thanks I just want to straighten my driving out make a few putts you know see what happens Thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.